Welcome into RJ Bell's Dream Preview, Major League Baseball Edition. I'm Scott Sadenberg, joined by former big league pitcher Josh Towers. As we record this on Tuesday morning here on the West Coast, we'll get you ready for the slate of games here on Tuesday night. Also, some games coming up this week in Major League Baseball. Fascinating race in the American League West. But we start in the National League, Josh, because the Dodgers have some pitching problems. We found out Sunday night Julio Arias was arrested the second time for a domestic violence charge. Now, the first situation kind of resolved itself. He, he wound up not facing any charges. He was still suspended 20 games by Major League Baseball. Now we have a second incident. We have to assume that a suspension is looming. Do you think we even see Urias pitch again this season? No. I mean, no, the easy answer is no. I mm-hmm. don't, I mean, it's always tough to comment on stuff like this when you don't know all the details, but the title of the offense is never good. Yeah. Right? And we've seen this around baseball. We've seen it with a closer from Mexico, Ozuna, a couple years ago. He was with Toronto, I think, at the time. Uh, Houston gave him a shot afterwards. We saw it with the other Ozuna, the hitter with Atlanta. I mean, we've seen it multiple times, obviously. I mean, look what the Dodgers themselves, the whole Trevor Bauer situation. And that was something where all the Chargers were dropped and the guy's not even in Major League Baseball anymore. No, he... Yeah, yeah, so crazy. I think that had... Yeah, that was a tough one, right? Um, That had a lot more to do with Trevor's personality. Sure. Even though it got dropped, I think... If I remember correctly, one of the ju- maybe the judge in the case said something to the extent of what the woman said or asked for was what happened to an extent. So like, it, she didn't really side against uh, Trevor. I didn't, you know, get too deep into it. I always kind of steer clear of these types of things. Um, but Trevor's personality around baseball—he just created a bad image for himself. He, hmm. he became almost a guy that was more of a cancer in the clubhouse and not the best teammate. It didn't seem like, and I think that was his reputation. And so a lot of people were like, it's just too much money, and why why bring that upon us? Like, why do we want to deal with this? Like, they don't—my PR team doesn't need to go to work like that on a daily basis, right? This more, p- p- like, Mookie Betts-type positive stuff, right? Not this negative stuff. We don't want it. So I don't really care how good you are. I can replace a lot of different players. And Bauer, he, he was his own worst enemy, in my own opinion. So I, I think with him not being in baseball, it's more of himself and, and again, the cancer in the clubhouse, it seemed like— these situations with Urias, it's so different. And to have a second offense, like mm-hmm. these were put in for a reason, right? We've seen these throughout the years, unfortunately. Yeah, no player has been suspended twice under the Major League Baseball domestic violence policy since it became a policy in 2015. I mean, to even make this a policy, right? This is something we had to do. Major mm-hmm. League Baseball had to make this a policy. So it was already a very bad thing. And then it's like anything, right? You go and do something wrong, get a DUI, whatever the case may be. Right, you, 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 we go through all these protocols. You hopefully you're learning your lesson, and then what? We just get comfortable to the point where we kind of forget that it happened. Um, it's very unfortunate, and I don't know if it happened in public. I talked about him being at the soccer game. I don't know what happened. It, did, it doesn't really matter where it happened or how it happened. The fact that it happened, the fact that he got arrested, um, the fact that a, a call was made. Um, I can't. He's definitely not pitching this year. You can't even show faces the Los Angeles Dodgers organization mm-hmm. and put this kid back out there. Imagine all the people in the stands that come and support you. Yeah. We don't know their lives, right? Some mm-hmm. of these have been affected in this way, and you're going to put this kid on the field just because you're going to try to win baseball games. It doesn't work that way. He's done for the year. I think, I, I think he's done as a Dodger because he's a free agent yeah. at the end of the season. I, I, would, oh, yeah. I wouldn't see them bringing him back. No, it's going to be too tough. And I think Major League Baseball is going to step in. They're going to suspend him, in my opinion. I think he gets suspended for at least a year. 
Um, and then what do you do after that, right? Do you give this kid a shot because you're – it's like – who was that, that running back, uh, Kareem Hunt? Mm-hmm. Was it? I think it was Kareem Hunt. It was mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Yep. And then something happened. And football's like that. Something happening bad, you have to cut ties. And then a, three weeks later, he's with Cleveland. Yep. And then, like, you just kind of forget about it. And well, had, that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, I think – you're right. I don't think we see Urias back this no. season. And, and that brings – to the obviously listen, the whole whatever the situation was, whatever happened is more serious than Major League Baseball. Well, I think it, but, I think in his performances, because once this leaked the other day, I started thinking he hadn't had the best year. Right? He had a really good year last year, but he hadn't had the best year, in my opinion, compared to what we've known Urias to be. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm, it, it made me think that something has been maybe maybe there's been lingering. something going maybe maybe he's had uh personal issues yes. or something's been going on where he's been distracted for where sure. he's been distracted that's that, what it made me think it could very well be a possibility i mean we see the personal lives affecting these players all the time uh yeah. And, and yeah you look at his last couple of starts five runs allowed against the braves six runs allowed against boston um he had a couple of good starts well, but what did know, he six do on runs the field? against baltimore or eight runs excuse me against baltimore he did something on the field recently. Oh, that inside move where he does the inside move to the runner at second and the guy just takes off and he still throws the ball to second base as he puts his foot down. Everything about the inside move was wrong, right? We don't teach that. We don't do that. We don't throw. We don't just spin and throw because if I lift my leg, it it assumes like you're I'm making the runner think that I'm I'm doing a pitch. Mm-hmm. So then he's going on first move, right? So then I lift my leg and he takes off. So then as I'm going inside, I see that. I put my foot down and he's dead. He's in the middle of the two base paths. So he either stops or he continues to the next base, which is third base. Um, and so then I just put my foot down, I shuffle, and I give the ball up to third base. Or if he stops, I run at him. We don't ever spin and just land our foot and throw because there's no point to do that. He's not diving back to the base. If he is, he's already safe. Yeah, the only, way, caught the only in, way you do that is if you turn the other yeah, way. He's you turn co- left. Correct. Yeah, he's caught in dead, yep. dead man's land. So we don't just spin, put our foot down and throw. Amateur kids do that. High school kids do that because they're not taught any of this. We go through this so much in spring training. So when I watched him do it, it it showed me how checked out he was, how Mm. mentally he was somewhere else, how he didn't, I don't want to say he didn't care, but he didn't care. That makes sense. And when I saw that move, it just, like, I just, I, I don't know. I just, he's out of the game for sure because he's not a part of our organization at that point. He's not a part of our team. Something else is clearly going on in his head. Whether he's having a bad day or not, I'm not associating that with his, his off-the-field life, but, but that clearly wasn't a guy that needed to be on the field in that moment. Um, and he didn't seem to care after, after, after that happened, like watching that play. So, again, it let me know that there were so many other things going on in his brain where he was distracted because we just mm-hmm. don't do that. It's yeah. not even a mistake that we make. Again, we don't know how long anything's been going on, if there were any prior incidents that obviously didn't result in arrests, but something happened, and now we don't expect him to pitch for the no. Dodgers for the remainder of this season. There's been no change in the odds right now. Dodgers are still the second favorite to win the World Series, right behind the Atlanta Braves. Same thing, obviously, for the National League. You have the Braves at plus 155 to win the National League, the Dodgers at plus 200 to win the National League. But without Urias, who, again, has had an up-and-down season, a 4-6 ERA, 11-8 and record, do the Dodgers have the pitching to win in the postseason, because you're looking at a rotation that that if you in a postseason series is going to be Clayton Kershaw game one, Lance Lynn game two. The Dodgers are always in first place for a reason, right? They they we've seen the elite teams of the last few years. We've seen the subpar teams this year, the subpar teams last year. They have put the right guys in the right place. They play team baseball. I mean, you compare the Dodgers right to let's say the Toronto Blue Jays. I think on paper, especially pitching. The Toronto Blue Jays are 
they stand out more. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, I think the Dodgers maybe, but we can make a case for the you know the first five guys in the lineup. The things that the Dodgers do is they play team baseball. They do fundamentally sound things. They're where they're supposed to be. They don't get caught off on the bases. When the ball ground ball is hit to my right and I'm leading off second base, the Dodgers don't take off and run into an out. They don't. They give themselves opportunities and give their teammates opportunities to succeed. They put themselves in a position of success, whether it's pitching, whether it's defense, but collectively as a team. We don't see the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm using them as an example because I've watched this recently. We don't see the Toronto Blue Jays do any of that stuff. They just go up to the plate. Uh, try to hit a double or a home run, and if it doesn't work, so be it. They leave that guy at second base with no outs, and who cares? Um, when they have one of the best pitching staffs in the game, and all they have to do is scratch off two or three runs a game, and they should win, right? By comparison, the Dodgers have hit the second most home runs in Major League Baseball behind the Atlanta Braves, mm-hmm. but the Dodgers have the 14th ranked ERA in Major League Baseball. Blue Jays, the second best ERA in all of baseball. And offensively for the Blue Jays, it's probably in shambles. I mean, no one has 20 homers, or maybe Vladdy has 20 now, but. Uh, the Blue Jays in homers are 16th. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, again, like, you you watch guys give themselves up. You watch guys go the opposite way. And going the opposite way doesn't mean I'm giving myself up. Mm-hmm. But they're willing to do things for the guy on deck, right? They do, fund, like I said, fundamentally, they play the game of baseball. It's what Tampa Bay does. They play the game. We don't know anybody on Tampa Bay's name. I don't care. The only guy we know is in a similar Urias problem, right? Mm. We don't know anybody in that team's name, but why are they always in first place? Because they do the things that make them a successful baseball team. They don't do the things that make themselves have massive names, individual stars where a team's not very good, but I'm a star. They do. They play the game of baseball, and Kevin Cash puts them in a position to succeed. He trusts you to do your job, right? I could put this guy in, this, in the third hole. Maybe I put him in the seventh hole because he's struggling, and I'm going to give him more fastball, so I'm going to move him down. He's willing to do those types of things, and the Dodgers are as well. If you talk to Dave Roberts, he's, he has your back, and you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have well-rounded Star players. They brought in the right like guys. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are probably two of the most well-rounded. Yeah, but they lead like, by MVP candidates. They lead by example as well, yeah. right? They lead by example, and then they lead. Like, but they're not like off the field. They're not home runner strikeout guys. They like I would put like Aaron Judge last year, incredible. The home runs ridiculous, and we know you know plus defender. Mookie Betts and Aaron Judge are in two different categories. They're two different players. Not even close. Anymore. It's not even close. Yeah. yeah. Like Mookie Betts is, is an all-around MVP guy. You know, Aaron Judge is like, if he hits 62 home runs, he'll be the MVP. If you can have one or the other. Would you take Mookie or Freddie? Wow. Right. I, 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 I'd, I I'd I'd take the same team, right? I would take Mookie just because of his defensive versatility. Mm-hmm. But offensively, I think Freddie Freeman does more for you. Yeah, I agree. I, I, that's a, I agree with that answer 100%. And the Dodgers have a whole bunch of those. Again, I was with the Dodgers in 2010. Clayton Kershaw was 22 years old, I think, and he was our leader. I told you guys, Manny Ramirez was in that clubhouse. Garrett Anderson was in that clubhouse. Brian Giles was in that clubhouse. We had Andre Ether. We had Matt Kemp. I, had, I mean, the list goes on of, of these massive names of our game mm-hmm. and Clayton Kershaw was a 22 year old leader and he led by example kind of like what Roy Halladay did right so they have the right guys who you kind of shape up when you go in that clubhouse and a lot of other people and teams don't you're missing that leadership role um and so there's a separation it's not of talent it's a separation of how I play the game and how we approach the game on a daily basis the Dodgers always have that in their back pocket as to why they're going to be in the game and give themselves a chance to win and put the right guys in a position to succeed. 
my hesitation on the Dodgers coming into the postseason is if they do get some of these players back. They do get some of these relievers back. They do get um, the starter back, Walker Bieber. Oh, he, he just threw two innings right. in AAA? They do get Blake Trinan back. Like they, These are great names. Mm-hmm. Not ready to pitch on a regular basis in very intense full games uh, to where I can back-to-back them. If, if Walker Bieber comes back, he's going four or five innings max, and he's going to get yanked. We watched... We watched Dave Roberts pull Max Scherzer with four and a third one time. Hmm. And he was doing fine, right? So they're not going to push this kid, but they need his innings, right? They're not going to put him in the pen because that's more dangerous on a guy who's coming off of Tommy John. So if they, to an extent, revamp their roster based on these pitchers coming back for the postseason, great names on paper, not fully ready to pitch on a, on a regular basis in these types of games, does it hurt them? And I think it does. Can they be successful in the postseason, you know, going opener and then just, you know, reliever, reliever, reliever? Let's say Ryan Yarbrough starts yeah. a game and goes two innings. And then can you bring in, you know, Joe Kelly and, and other guys that no. come back? And, Some and, of those guys are just one inning guys, right? Yeah. Like, right. So do you, like Kershaw is the only guy and maybe Lance Lynn that's, that's like, going to give you length. Alex Vasillas, he's just a lefty guy, kind of, right? Like, Varlin, we don't, I don't, all right? Emmett Sheehan's a starter. Evan Phillips. Like, I'm just thinking of guys who they trust going deep. Uh, Shelby Miller starting. Lance Lynn, Clint Kershaw. Gratterall's a one-inning guy. And there's some guys. Caleb Ferguson, I guess, can go deep. He's one of the one guys that can kind of do that. Um, I think it'll be fascinating to see what the Dodgers do in the postseason. Patchwork some stuff, right? Yeah. Because be we know that we know Kershaw's the only one that's going to be a legit starter unless they trust Lance Lynn or, or one of these kids like a Bobby if, Miller or Emmett Sheehan to, you, to do it. If you face the Dodgers in the postseason and you try to outslug them, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Right? If you face the and I'm not saying that they're going to outslug you by any means. What I'm saying is is when you have an opportunity to steal a run without getting a hit, you better take it. Right? You better manufacture that run because that every run is going to count against the Dodgers. Because they're going to put themselves in a position to always be in that baseball game. Mm-hmm. They don't get blown out. They well, I'll tell you out. right now, they're not going to beat the Braves in the postseason. I mean, we saw that series last weekend, and they they, they weren't even close. They lose three or four to Atlanta. Nobody the Braves close. are a better team. Yeah, No one's close to If the they have to face the Phillies in the playoffs, and you and I have talked about how dangerous the Phillies are, if they have to face the Phillies in the playoffs, i got to be honest with you. I have Nola, Wheeler, Taiwan Walker, Michael Lorenzen, Okay, you I'll get, you have Clayton Kershaw. That'll be a nice, fun first game. But the Phillies match up better pitching-wise. Again, on paper, right? Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. On paper, they do. I'm trying to pull up their uh, player pitching right now. Um, I just feel like, what have we got from Nola? He, I feel like he's been very inconsistent. Maybe I'm just watching the games where he isn't very good. Mm-hmm. What has Willer really done? Um Taiwan Walker seems to be their most consistent guy, and I can't always trust him. I mean, when he's on, he's stone downhill. It's ridiculous. But or the, the, not, the kid, Christopher Sanchez, has had a nice little start to his career. There's a couple, right? There's another lefty on that team who's really good. He kind of gives them a chance every day, too. Um, yeah, when I look at Zach Willer, I mean, Zach can be the one of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. When I look at Aaron Nola, he can dominate a game. When I look at Taiwan Walker, I don't want to catch him on his best day because it's over. Um, but I just – haven't seen enough. Here, here's my problem with Philadelphia. And again, pitching Suarez, I like him. He's two and six. They can't win for him, but I do like this kid a lot. They they have a great bullpen. They have, I mean, they got dudes in a bullpen. Imagine 
this bullpen in Tampa would be so dang good. <laughs> like, the, you're right. They do match up fine on paper. They have all the things on paper. My problem is, is their offense. And their offense is beautiful. Castellanos is a great hitter. Trey Turner is fantastic. Real Mutes is one of the best catchers in the game. Bryce Harper, Bryson Stott. Like, they have it. My problem is Schwarber. What are we doing? Why, like, why is it? It's that. Is it his 40th home run? Okay. So what is his stats like as the leadoff guy? Like, so w- when he hits a leadoff home run of the game, what is their record? How many times has he let off a game and also hit a home run to lead off the game? And what is their record? What is their record when he doesn't do that? Like, I don't think they're looking in stats enough. Because like, you put Kyle Schwarber in the, in the leadoff role against a guy who can pitch, he's going over four. And there's a free out to start the game. It is so much easier for me to pitch an inning when the first guy gets out. It's so much easier. And that's all he's going to do. Who is he hitting these 40 homers off of? Is he hitting them off of these stars that are going to be pitching in the postseason? My guess is he has not. He's hit nine home runs to lead off a game this go. season. And so that's that doesn't, and that is, that does uh, enough to, to validate him there. It ties the, the Phillies record most home runs to lead off a game in a single season in franchise history. Jimmy Rollins was the guy who had the record at nine. Schwarber last year had seven to lead off a game. Okay. So, so nine uh, times yeah. this year he's hit a home run to lead off a game. Yes. That's what you're asking him to do. And in 136 games that he's played, he's hit nine homers to lead off a game. So where is the value in a guy who's punched out 175 times, who's had a 193 average, whose walks have 109? That's his only complement to that is his on-base percentage is 342. Mm-hmm. So then go back to how many times has he walked to lead off a game if we had that stat, right? I just don't think it, it, it constitute him being a leadoff guy because it doesn't Again, you put Trey Turner in the leadoff spot, and I'm worried about so much more. Now, I get his on-base percentage is only 311. I get his walks um, are only 38. But when you put him in a position to where he needs to get on base, those are going to change. When you put him in a position where you're trying to let him hit in the two-hole and get guys over and or try to be a power guy, then he's going to hit like a power guy. So Trey Turner's numbers will change if you put him in there. Plus, he's going to steal bases. Plus, he's dangerous. He has my attention. You think I'm worried about Kyle Swerber on first base? <laughs> never. Never. You know how many stolen bases he has this year? Zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. So what does he do in the leadoff role that makes that team put themselves in a position just, of, of, you of start the, You start the game in a stressful situation. You can't just groove that first pitch fastball over to start the game. But I'm not trying to anyways. Yeah. I'm not trying to anyways. I'm going to bury him. <laughs> the guy's hitting 193. If I even go over him in our in our hitter meetings, it's a waste of our time. Mm. And I know that sounds arrogant because I'm not playing. But if you think back when we played, Jason Veritek had a list of players. Ready for this? A list of players that you do not discuss in your hitters' meetings when you're in there with the pitchers and the catchers and the pitching coach. If you go over these guys, no, nope, we're not doing it. And if you give up a hit to these guys in a game, you're taking the entire staff out to dinner. Right, he had a list of people we just don't discuss because they're absolutely irrelevant in the box. And I feel like Schwarber's that guy. Why would I waste my time talking about him? Well, I already know what he can do. He can hit a belt high fastball down the middle. Okay, don't throw it there. Done. The majority of baseball doesn't. He's hitting 193. He's walked 20 times in the first inning this year. And that's regardless of where he's batting. But in the first inning of the games this year, he's walked 20 times. Okay, so, and he leads off majority. Okay, so 20 walks, nine bombs in the leadoff spot. Like, it's just, I don't get it. I mean, I get, like, we a few years ago, we started putting these stars 
that hit bombs in the leadoff role. And Acuna was one of the main ones. Mm -hmm. But Acuna was a young kid who's proven that he can do absolutely everything. And look at him now. He's got 60-plus stolen bases, 40-plus homers. This kid does absolutely everything. So he is a guy. Mookie Betts is a guy that when you put him in the top lineup, i got to respect so much more than just a home run. I don't think people understand how easy a lineup is. I don't care what your name is. <laughs> right? How easy a lineup is to face. And I don't care who the pitcher is. It could be me. right? I wasn't that dominant of a pitcher. But when I have a lineup where it's all power hitters, it's not a tough lineup to face. When I have a lineup like Bernie Williams and these guys mixed in the Catalanados, when I have a lineup of guys who actually put the ball in play, who give me tough at-bats, it's very, very difficult. It's stressful. And it makes it stressful not only if I do get them out for the next guy who's up, and it could be a power hitter, right? It changes the entire dynamic. The Michael Youngs of the world, they're very difficult to face. But when I have a whole bunch of Pat Burles, Kyle Schwarbers, when I have a whole bunch of guys who are just absolute studs who drop bombs, but that's it, yeah. they're one-dimensional. Mm. And so, like, if you look at my strikeouts, and I think I struck out maybe three a game on average, they're probably a majority of them are from those dudes. You know what I'm saying? So it, it makes the lineup a little bit easier for me to navigate through when you give me this. Don't make the lineup the same. That's, again, that's why the Toronto Blue Jays lineup's not hard to go through. The first four guys are all the same. And then they put the weaker hitters, the last four guys are all the same. They don't mix it up. They don't make it tough for me to navigate. They give me uh, a little bit of stress and a, and a little bit of break. Mm -hmm. They don't make me kind of sweat the whole lineup. Do you know which hitter you struck out the most in your career? You faced him 47 at bat. i say he's got to be in the East, right, obviously. Um, no, I don't. I'm a clue. Carl Crawford. <laughs> he also hit the best off me. <laughs> he hit true? like 500 off me. <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> Look at his numbers. Well, there. there's a couple of guys that hit like 1,000 on one at bat. Oh, one at uh, bat. Kyle, Kyle, Carl Crawford's numbers. Carl Crawford batted insane. 426 against you. <laughs> Wait, how many at bats? Did you say 47? 47 yeah. at bats. He owned me. 20 for 47. Yeah. Uh, two doubles, one triple, five home runs, 10 RBIs, zero walks. You never walked him. You did punch yeah, him out eight times. Why wouldn't I just walk him? <laughs> <laughs> you should have just walked him. <laughs> and took the chance of him stealing a now, base. Now, this is awesome, though. Uh, that's funny. The batter that you have struck out the second most times. I'll give you a hint. He also batted 385 against you. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Jeter. I was going to say Jeter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved facing him. Seven I strikeouts in 39 at-bats. Yeah. Guy, you face him so many times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had fun facing him. He had a few bombs, I remember. I remember I thought he hit a pop-up to right field one time. I kind of put my hand up like it's right there, and nope, it was over the fence. <laughs> I'm trying to see who has the most at-bats against you without a strikeout. Oh. And that's the most at-bats against you without striking out, 27. 27 at-bats, you never struck him out once. Did he hit like 100 off me? 320. Oh, wow. I was going to say Ichiro because I never struck him out, but he never Ichiro, got Ichiro, 23 at bats. You never struck him out. He batted 182 against yeah, you. Yeah, I did really well. I figured out. I just do him one pitch, by the way. It was just a sinker away. Really? I, I just I told Kevin Cash one day, I was like, he hits everything, so let's just go sinkers away. If I throw it down there, it'll go to my shortstop. They'll go to my left field, and that'll be a base hit. And I just moved my shortstop and left fielder over and in. Mm -hmm. And I was only through one pitch. And Kevin thought I was joking at first. The third at bat, he called like a changeup or something inside. And I was like, what are you doing? Shook him off. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you're serious. And I was like, oh, I wasn't joking. I'm like, he hits everything. So I simplified it on each row. Who is the guy? One of the great contact hitters. Power guys, but one of the great contact hitters of all time, Rafael Palmero. How many times did I face Raf? 27 at bats. Zero strikeouts. Do you know how many times I remember facing Rafael Palmero? Zero. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he was on Texas, obviously. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, well, let's keep talking about pitching, and we'll stay in the National League because the National League Cy Young race is fascinating. 
And Justin Steele is a guy that you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago on this podcast when we gave out his odds at 25 to 1. We were talking about Blake Snell, Zach Gowan, and Spencer Strider as the three-headed race at the top of the National League Cy Young. And you said, man, Justin Steele's being disrespected. 25 to 1, that's a lot of disrespect for this guy. Well, since we had that conversation, he's had two more games where I don't believe he's allowed a run. Uh, he's coming off so. eight shutout innings yesterday, and now he is the second favorite behind Blake Snell. So Snell's the favorite at minus 190, Justin Steele plus 200. Yeah, he was so good. He's been so good. He's also, by the way, does this factor in? Because to me it does, right? Give me the vote. He's pitching in Chicago. There is more foul territory from your back to that wall than there is in Wrigley Field. Hmm. Right? So I don't get extra pitches. I don't get Blake Snell's pitching in one of the best pitcher parks in all of baseball. Oakland, San Diego. There's some beautiful ones that we love to go to. Chicago, Fenway, New York. No, thank you. I don't there's no foul territory. I don't get that ball back and get an extra pitch. Or sorry, I don't get that ball caught like mm-hmm. I do in Oakland. That ball's in the stands and you get another chance. Um Wrigley Field is the wind blows out majority of the time. We know this. It's a porch all the way around. Dudes can't run into the wall because it's ivy and it's concrete. So it's not like they can climb it and rob stuff or bang into it at other places. They can't do what Mike Trout does in in Anaheim uh, or what we do in Baltimore. Like they can't do any of that stuff, right? So he's at a massive disadvantage already just by where he's going to pitch half of his baseball games. And what he's done has just been insane. So I get when we look at Blake Stell's numbers and his hits are 105 to 140. That's awesome. When his strikeouts are 201 to 153 in favor of Snell. But then Snell's also walked 89, where Justin Steele's only walked 33. That's a huge difference. The whip, Justin Steele is also better. Uh, I think you got to factor in Spencer Strider. He's 16 and 4 compared to 16 and 3. I think the only thing we're where we're kind of dismissing Strider is the ERA is a point higher. So 255 to 356. Past that, the innings are all very similar. The walks for Strider are 49. The strikeouts are 245. So massive, massive increase. Uh, almost 100 more than still, mm-hmm. right? And then your whip is 105 compared to 114 compared to 125. So like to not talk about Spencer Strider in this is absolutely insane as well. He's given up a lot less hits than Steele couple more than Blake Snell um what's the offset he's on a better team but then who cares right that's what makes me better or that's also Mm -hmm. what makes the team better like where is Atlanta without Strider every fifth day I mean they're still really good but are they this good so there's a lot of things I think we factor in the voters it's proved that they love strikeouts uh innings pitched has always been a very big one Sandy Alcantara run away with it last year because he went eight or nine every start and he was really good as well uh, these guys aren't going as many innings. I think Blake Snell's averaging five and a half a game. That, that to me, that's not a Cy Young guy. Mm. But if they're all around the same, then okay, then that's what we get this year. Yeah. I think um, I think that this is a three man race between those two teams or those three guys. And I honestly like I'm favoring Steele because I think he pitches in Wrigley and he's been so dang impressive. Yeah, and I think that and if the Cubs who speaks are, volumes, and, they're and nowhere without him. And take a look at where they are in the standings. The Cubs are right now in it, two and a half back of Milwaukee. But they're in the wild card, and they're in the wild card. Whereas the Padres right now, they're dead. Are on the outside looking in, six and a half games back. So if Steele's the reason why the Cubs are in the postseason and and competing for the division, can you, can you get rid of his sixteen and three and add? At nine and nine, I don't know. Add a five hundred guy. 
Yeah, Who's going to do not in the playoff picture. There's no one else they're in baseball 16 are. and 3. Nobody. Yeah. Spencer Strider 16 and 4. It's the closest guy. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can't add in somebody who give Blake Snell's 12 and 9. All right? So take Cubs are not a po- Cubs are not in the playoffs. They're not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just think that Justin Steele or Strider's the Cy Young and I think the, this month is going to determine the truth. Yep. But be, again, for me, I'll say it. I said it three times already. Justin Steele, because he pitches at Wrigley, and what he's done to me, he's the guy. Well, let's take a look at the schedule for tonight. Uh, we got the Twins at the Guardians. The Twins absolutely destroyed them yesterday. Sonny Gray's on the mound against Tanner Beebe going for Cleveland, and Sonny Gray and the Twins a minus one twenty favorite. The Brewers are at the Pirates. Brandon Woodruff going for Milwaukee. Andre Jackson for Pittsburgh. Milwaukee's minus 178. They need to pick up a win here because the Cubs are chasing them them down. The Rays hosting the Red Sox. Cutter Crawford going for Boston. Zach Eflin for Tampa. Tampa's minus 160. Dodgers will send Clayton Kershaw to the mound in Miami against the Marlins. And Jesus Lazardo, Kershaw on the Dodgers, a minus 145 favorite. Mariners have Bryce Miller on the mound in Cincinnati. Seattle minus 165. Connor Phillips making his major league debut. Do you like betting against guys making their major league debut? So it goes one of two ways on this. Um, When we make our major league debuts, we either do really well or we get rocked early. There's no, there seems to be no in between. You don't really ever see guys go six or seven innings on two runs and three Mm -hmm. runs and have a good game. Like you don't see that. The reason is this. Now, there's more video on us nowadays, and in the minor leagues there's video on us. I can pull anything up on anybody if I really want to take the time. But we didn't used to have that. But you don't know who I am. You don't know my tendencies. You know, you kind of see my numbers. All right, his fastball range is here. His breaking ball range is here. His whatever's here. He has a tendency to do this here. That's it. And then you got to get in the box, and you got to see what I'm actually willing to do. And so you'll see, like, a lot of times you'll see hitters kind of punch out looking sometimes because they're just, I didn't really see them do that, or they'll kind of watch what I do to other hitters. And next thing you know, I'll cruise to three or four innings because you're still trying to figure out my tendencies, right? And so if I'm remotely locating, I'm going to have a pretty good day. And or the offset is, is I get so geeked up because I'm making my major league mm-hmm. and I can't control my adrenaline. Adrenaline elevates my pitches. So if I'm in a bullpen and the adrenaline hasn't kicked in yet and I'm throwing at the knees, when I get into a game, that's going to be up near the thigh. So then I got to refocus my eyes down towards the shins to get to the bottom of the zone, which is the knees. And if I don't know that, I'm going to throw a little bit harder, maybe, but more flat, and my stuff's just not going to be as good because I can't, I haven't been willing to back off or control myself yet. And so then I just give up a few runs in the first inning, and it's it's going to be a tough game. The other thing I'll do is I'll go look at Connor Phillips' minor league season. He was four and five with two teams in triple or in double uh, A AA and triple A this year, and then triple A in Louisville, which I like that league. I think it's one of the easier leagues to pitch in. He had a four six nine. He had thirty three hits given up, and forty three strikeouts in forty innings. Okay, so he's not an overly powerful strikeout guy. His hits pretty good, so he's doing something pitching wise there. But he also walked thirty guys in forty innings in AAA. So what does that tell me about him? I don't have to worry about him coming in and dominate me with stuff to strike us out. He doesn't have Spencer Strider stuff. It's already kind of proven to me here. He has had years where his strikeouts were so much better. It just wasn't this year. In uh, AAA, he actually was really good with his strikeouts. Or sorry, AA, but AAA, he hadn't been. The walks are and have always been his Achilles heel. He walks too many guys. So then I go deep dive and go, okay, so then maybe it tells me his stuff is pretty good but he just throws to throw so that if I'm patient 
and sit zone hitting, I'm going to be able to jump on this guy a little easier, a little bit uh, like I don't have to chase his stuff, mm. right? So then I'm just going to sit middle of the plate, thigh high, which I think he's going to be. So just looking at his stats, I'm not – he might get a couple strikeouts if these guys go up there chasing. I don't think Seattle's going to. Um I'm already willing to bet against Connor Phillips. I'm already willing to bet against him giving up a run in the first. The Mariners seem to score a lot in the first inning anyways. And so I just don't see anything in Connor Phillips that makes me think he's going to come throw seven shutout today. Uh, They are, however, in the playoff race as well. Mm -hmm. And so they will have a short leash on this kid. Not that that does much for us when it comes to the betting aspect because we want to get into bullpens early. But, you know, they're they're not putting him in there because they're packing it in. And then you look on the flip side. Uh, Bryce Miller hasn't given up more than three and five stars, so he's been in the game, right? So I know I kind of like Seattle in this situation. All right, let's move on. The Yankees hosting the Tigers. Garrett Cole going for the Yankees. Alex Fiedo for Detroit. Yankees minus 250. They brought up the kids, and you know what? They swept the Astros. You have uh, a guy in Jason Dominguez. Let me tell you this right now. Here's the list of Yankees players to have two home runs in their first three career games. Aaron Judge, Jason Dominguez. That is all. That's a weird stat. This yeah. is some crazy stuff. Did you see the stat that was posted on me the other day? No. It wasn't posted for me. Uh-huh. I just happened to be on the top of the list. Um, it was the pitcher for, I think it was Kirby, the pitcher for Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it was the fewest walks in their first 40 games of their career, first 40 starts of their career. And I was like 20 two or something like that, and he was like 27. He was third or fourth on the list. So in our first 40 games of our career starting, I had the fewest walks in history of Major League Baseball. What an irrelevant stat. What does that mean? <laughs> Yogi Berra also did it for the Yankees, homered yeah. in two of his first three career games. Right. So it's like, what is that stat? Yeah. Mean, right? I mean, there's been some greats that have... Oh, maybe you know, playing with confidence right now. Yankees are a heavy favorite, minus the co- 250. The cool thing is, is he's a massive, massive like prospect. Right, his name has been so big in the minor league world, in the uh, in the baseball card world. Like Jason Dominguez is the guy. Well, they also brought up Austin Wells, who's from Las Vegas, mm-hmm. right? And he had a uh, double. I think he's one for four yesterday as well as a catcher. He was a first round pick not too long ago. That's also very exciting because uh, I, I haven't heard much talk about Austin coming up to the system. Right, to see him in the big leagues now, it's great. They have to do this. It's September. They're they're not in the play. They're not making the playoffs. Mm-mm. Right? They're not making it. Uh, let's go pull them up real quick. No, I know they're, they're in last they're place in their division. How far in the wild card? Is it uh, even feasible? Eight. Yeah, they're done. Right? So there's too many teams overlooked. So then they have to bring up these stars. They got to get the fan base excited about the future. They have to get these kids' feet wet for next year because this is the future. The Yankees have always done this. They've always used their minor league system so well. You know, we overlooked that. But these guys have all got to get their feet wet to see if this is going to be something that we have and we can build around. Uh, this is a tough game, right? You got young guys who can be all or not, and then you got Garrett Cole, who's really good. But Detroit, I don't know, man. Like, I've never been impressed with the Yankees' offense this year, and so I, I just can't lay that kind of number, even on a guy like Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore. 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Uh, I don't know. I just can't do it. All right, moving on. We have the Mets at the Nationals. Jose Quintana for the Mets. Patrick Corbin for the Nats. Mets minus 140. Cardinals are at the Braves. Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals. Michael Soroka going for Atlanta. Braves are minus 210. White Sox at the Royals. Dylan Cease going for the White Sox. Brady Singer for Kansas City. Kansas City's minus 130. <laughs> and Dylan Cease is pitching for the White Sox. Yeah. Does this just show you how bad it's been for the White Sox that with Dylan Cease on the mound, they're an underdog to Kansas City? Well, like, have you seen how bad Dylan Cease is? Yeah. Everybody on that well, team, team has quit. Yeah. The whole team has quit on Cease's each other. Cease's last uh, three Look, yeah, starts. Five runs allowed, nine runs allowed, five runs allowed. Right. And then going back. Three further starts, seven runs allowed. Yeah, he's, he's allowed twenty-eight runs in twenty-nine innings in the month of August. When like I don't care. September. I don't even know where he got his name from, right? Because people talk about him like I remember all year. Oh, Dylan Cease for um, Cy Young. Young. Mm-hmm. No, what are you talking about? He's like he's on the wrong team. If he's up, he throws hard, but he's not a tall guy. I don't think it just doesn't pitch like it. But he when he's up, it's flat. I don't care. Barry Bond said it. You can throw 120 miles per hour. It doesn't matter. All I'm trying to do is catch the baseball. Mm-hmm. When it's flat, I can hit it, and I'm not a hitter. But that's how you're, you're putting me in a position to find more success. These are major league baseball players. When I give you the ball thigh high or waist high, game over. There's nothing yeah. I'm going to do. When he's up, he doesn't know how to make the adjustment to get back down and pitch. But when he's down early and locked in, it's over. So then, I, like, what do I got to do? I think the best way to bet Dylan Cease is to go in-game betting and see how he looked in the first inning. Because he's either going to give up a ton or he's, I got a good idea on this guy today. Yeah. 
so I don't know. I can't, I can't back him at all. And then you look on the flip side to Kansas City. Um, Singer hasn't been good either. He's given up four. He's given up six, two, three. Like he's totals nine and a half. He's kind of hit or miss, right? It's just a game. Like you mentioned, the uh, the Nationals and Mets. These are games that I just want to run from. Yeah, I, have, I I can't. You you cannot trust losing teams, but you cannot trust losing teams in September. Mm-hmm. You can't lay the juice on the good teams. Lay the juice. I know this is even crazy because the game last night was hair pulling, but Toronto in Oakland. Oakland, I don't care. They won three in a row. Then they finally lost, and the Blue Jays aren't very good. You got Chris Bassett going back to a place that he had a lot of success in. Yeah. The Blue Jays need to win. I'd rather lay the 200 there than take a shot at any of these teams. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. Uh, Cubs are minus 135 with Kyle Hendricks on the mound. Ryan Walker going for the San Francisco Giants. This one's interesting I want to ask you about. Astros at the Rangers. We saw what Houston did uh, snapping their losing streak last night. Framber Valdez going for the Astros. Nathan Yavaldi coming back Ooh. off the IL for the Rangers. This is an even spread, but Yavaldi, no rehab start. Coming back, hasn't pitched since uh, July 18th. Do we trust Yavaldi? I mean, what? how deep in a game is he, is he going to go? Why would he not go on rehab? Or there's nothing documented on rehab. Is that what you're saying? Because that doesn't mean I didn't pitch. I probably went to extended and pitched down there in spring training and pitched in games that they're not going to put on paper. But there's no way he hasn't pitched since that time. That's impossible. So maybe he didn't go to double-A or triple-A or mm-hmm. A-ball to where it's documented. But 100%, he sat down in, where is there? Is there in Arizona? He well, sat I mean, down he had bullpen training. sessions. Yeah, no, he, there's no way. He 100% pitched in game somewhere. He, had, I still don't he, he did it up and down bullpen sessions. That's it. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I'll take Framber. I mean, I love Framber anyways. I think he's legit. Nathan Evaldi's had the best year he's ever had in his life. I got that. He did. No- here's the his, since Yavaldi won on the IL on July thirtieth. Thirtieth, he has thrown at least eight bullpens and a batting practice session in an effort to be stretched out. Yeah, yeah, he's going four innings max. Yeah, there's no chance. All right, I'll take Framber. We got the Orioles at the Angels. Dean Kramer for Baltimore. Reed Ooh. Detmers for LA. Baltimore's minus this is the stuff I love about baseball. This is what this is the the. the Reed Detmers was this huge prospect coming out of mm-hmm. Louisville. He's a top 10 pick. The Angels rushed him to the big leagues because they are terrible at developing players. They're ter- terrible at developing pitching, so they rushed him to the big leagues. He shouldn't have been there. He struggled. He's still struggling. They, they, they need this kid, right? Dean Kramer was a guy that went to UNLV. UNLV did not know how to use him. He pitched as a middle relief guy sparingly. He just happened to have decent stuff, and somebody goes, you know what, I'll take a shot on him. When the reality was, if Dean Kramer goes to Louisville, we know his name just like we know Detmer's name. Hmm. But he gets overlooked, gets this opportunity, which I'm glad he did because it almost didn't happen. He goes to the Dodgers organization and does well enough to where the Orioles go, I'll take you in that trade for Manny Machado as well. Throw him in there. And Dean Kramer becomes this guy because he's always been this guy. He's always had this stuff. He's always been this touted guy. It just gets overlooked. So that's what I love about we put people on this prospect list or we don't, and then all of a sudden these guys come out of nowhere, and they didn't really come out of nowhere. Uh, Dean Kramer is... In my opinion, I would rather have him over Detmers, and not just based on their success this year or last year, just because I know who these two guys are. Yeah. He's awesome, and he's another reason why the Orioles are this good. It's, again, the Angels gutted their team. They don't develop well. They brought up all these guys from the minor leagues to play. They don't—I I mean, they're, they're Oakland A's. They're, they're, I mean, were they even favorite against Oakland? 
That's how bad yeah. they are right now, right? Mm-hmm. The Orioles are in first place trying to hold on. I thought the Orioles would fade. They haven't faded the way I thought they would yet. Um, but they're definitely, in my opinion, not going to fade against the Angels. We have the Rockies at the Diamondbacks. Kyle Freeland against Ben uh, Brandon Fodd. Uh, Arizona's minus 210. Blue Jays against the A's. Toronto minus 190. Chris Bassett, Ken Waldachuk. And the Phillies uh, at the Padres, Michael Lorenzen and Pedro Avila. Phillies, uh, San Diego, actually, minus 115. Lorenzen, you know, you talked about fading guys after their no-hitters. He hasn't been the same. Uh, After the no-hitter, he had a horrific start where he allowed seven runs in three innings. Then he was bad against San Francisco, allowing four runs in five and two-thirds. And then another four-run outing against the Angels where uh, four runs in in six innings on eight hits. Well, so there's sometimes, and you got to learn your players, right? So then it goes back to why are some teams successful and some some teams are not. You have to learn your players, right? And you have to know how to talk to them. And it goes back to, I'll use myself as as an example. When... You pat me on the back when you tell me I'm good. When you Orioles and you give me the key to the city, I don't know what to do with that, right? When you tell me I suck, I'm not good enough, that you're not going to beat the Yankees, they're going to destroy you, you just don't have what it takes, then something clicks inside of me and I take it personal. Maybe Jared Lorenzen's that because after he throws a no-hitter, their manager did what he's supposed to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. He goes publicly in the clubhouse and he talks about how great Lorenzen's been in the two stars. You've gone eight, you've gone nine, you throw a no-hitter. After the trade, you've been everything we wanted, and then he's died ever since, right? We put him in this place where, and, I'm, and maybe Jared Lorenzen's that guy. Maybe he needs to be told he's not, oh, that's great, I'm glad you, you did your job, mm-hmm. now do it again. Right? Maybe he's that guy, maybe, because he hasn't been good, as we talked about, since the no-hitter. But it wasn't just the one game after, it's been three games since. Yeah, it's tough. you got to learn your players, man. He is Josh Towers, former big league pitcher who struck out Derek Jeter seven times <laughs> in his <laughs> career, but never struck out Ichiro. Or Rafael Palmero. Need to. <laughs> <laughs> Head to pregame.com. Use the promo code Josh20. Take 20% off your purchase at pregame.com. You can get a daily best bet or take a uh, 20% off a season-long subscription package. You can get the remainder of the baseball season if you'd like. We have a variety of football packages available as well. And our contests are still accepting entries. The Beat Steve Fezzik College Football Contest and the Like Super Contest NFL Contest. If you go to pregame.com, click on contest and you can enter those for free chance to win some cash again the promo code is josh20 use it now you can save 20 percent off at pregame.com for josh towers i'm scott sadberg this is rj bell's dream preview major league baseball edition